everybody. I'm Sophie, and welcome to MILF Talk. Make your life fabulous. Uh, we are here talking today about anything from parenting and money issues to sex and dating. Actually, that's what we're usually talking about. We're going to get more specific than that today. Uh, I am a psychologist, life coach, author, and mother of two. And I once again have two lovely people in the studio with me. My guest today is talented and brilliant and happens to be smoking hot to boot. Yes, she's still here. Um, Thank you. Todd agrees. I totally um, agree. <laughs> she's, she is a marriage and family therapist. Let's talk about all of her other qualities. Stop objectifying her for a second. Yes, yeah, stop it. Okay, and uh, no, she's... please. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So she's a totally smoking hot marriage and family therapist and a board-certified art therapist. Her specialties include alcohol and drug addiction, parenting, relationships, depression and anxiety, and even foster care and adoption issues. She has written several books and produced several DVDs on art therapy and has her own video podcast that you can find on YouTube called 3-Minute Art Therapy. Uh, she is a painter and a mother of two and a second-degree black belt mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts. She can she put me in a headlock and knock me out. Super cool. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's not super cool, but she's super cool. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pamela Hayes. Yeah. Ooh. Thank you. Quite the intro. I know. And the charming and ever-sexy Todd oh, Anderson so nice. in this the peanut gallery. Oh, looking good. Oh, I'd like you to wear a tighter t-shirt next time, though. Oh, I mean, if yeah? we're going to be objectifying it's like, people. Uh, this one's already too tight after the <laughs> weekend I spent eating and drinking constantly. You have a little bit of an over, like a hungover kind of air about yeah, you today. Yeah, deeply hungover. Yeah, but and you had a good time. I had a great time. Yeah? Yeah, I had a great time. But I'm <laughs> like 42, not 22, so it takes me a while to recover from these things. Exactly. It takes a few yeah, days Yeah, you think to like, no, I'm totally 22, and then you hang out with 22-year-olds, and you're like, no, I'm no, totally 42. Forty-two. Yeah, I'm forty-two. Yeah. So I'm not 42. right. <laughs> yes. yes. None of us are, but looking good. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one of the things we're going to talk about anxiety today. I'm very nervous about it. Can you tell? I'm totally <laughs> fucked up. You my have just anxiety my about anxiety. I do. I do. I've completely messed up my whole rap here, but that's okay. Um, and and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing research and such, and and you know, going down the wormhole of the internet. <laughs> That is, you know, clicking it, on articles. It can be terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I'm amazed at how many celebrities um, have stage fright, specifically, you know. Um, and Barbara Streisand was always uh, very open about hers. Uh, Laurence Olivier experienced um, stage fright. Mm-hmm. Adele very recently came out and talked about her stage fright. Oh, really? Todd has come out and talked about his stage fright. I do have fright. stage fright. I get scared. I get scared. Yeah. I get nervous That's before I perform. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, but you know, but but I guess there's a the the question would be how much of that is normal mm-hmm. and how much of that would be over the line and considered a phobia or something that actually um affects your life. Like like um Donny Osmond and I'm I'm guessing Michael Jackson. Um, many sports figures, baseball players, have social phobias as well, where it's very painful for them to go into public situations. And that has a huge effect on your life and is very difficult to explain to friends and family, especially when you don't really understand it yourself. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So the nice thing about celebrities coming out and being open about this and talking about this, to me, seems that if nothing else, it can get somebody to recognize their problem. Right. Oh yeah. 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 And so. a lot of the uh, actors do have uh, social phobias and a lot of high levels of anxiety, um, but they get to be somebody else when they're on stage or when they're filming. So yes. they don't. They're not acting as themselves, and so that's kind of like a, a safe place to be for them. That makes sense. Well, yeah. also, if what you're doing is scripted, then you can be written a lot cooler than you really are or let that you sure. feel you are. Yeah, sure. And, you know, when you get to play that part that's that's cooler than you are, it is kind of yeah. funny. And you get to believe that you're cool while and you're doing you, it. And you have all the snappy comebacks yeah, that exactly. in real life you, you can't think top. about. Yeah. yeah, you think right. about, oh, 20 minutes later, oh, I should have said that. No, right. I hate exactly. that feeling. I hate that. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I told, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and it's, uh, you know, if you're a stand-up comedian, which to me seems like the scariest job in well, the world. And here we are on Sideshow Network. I mean, I wish some of them were in here having this conversation. That's because, more terrifying because it's <laughs> your, your, your writing. Yeah, your you're writing. writing your jokes. And yeah. it has uh, like a very immediate outcome that you have to reach. Right. You're a stand-up comic. Rejection so or acceptance no, right there. <laughs> right, yeah. So you're either getting laughs or you're not. Yeah. You're either yeah. funny or you're not. Yeah. So it's that's oh, terrifying. Yeah. Well, you're – yeah. I did it in New York a bunch did of times. You? Did yeah. you? Yeah, I used to do it in New York. <laughs> to me, the only thing that might be even a little scarier, but probably not because you don't have to speak, is being like a mime. You know, you're just out there. You're just out there with nothing. You know. Well, and plus, when you're a mime, nobody likes you. Yeah, exactly. You're a mime. Pretty much, you're going to get shit thrown at you. Yeah, right? yeah. So you're that's just dangerous yeah. all the way around. So I guess that really isn't abnormal anxiety. You should be anxious if you're a mime. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Who yeah. says I want to grow up and be a mime? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But there's a lot of things I don't understand. You Is know about I people. I don't know if that's a childhood dream thing. I think no. it's something you I think stumble it's a fallback. upon and. Yeah, stand-up comedy didn't work out, so I do the mime so thing. I'm going to be a mime apprentice. Yeah. Or you go to clown oh school God. or something. Although, clown school. There I is know. a clown school. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ringling Brothers. Yeah. Did you know that um, Eric Stone Street, is that how you say it? Yeah, Stone Street, uh, uh, Cameron on Modern Family, mm-hmm. he actually did create Fizbo the Clown. Oh, yeah. He I did, did read that. Like, yeah. Yes, that's like, that's his... Thing. Oh, like his, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. you know uh, brought into the storyline. He's funny. He is hilarious. I yeah. love that guy. Not even gay. No, no, but no, no. Plays no. a gay he, really well. Yes, he oh uh, he said he's openly straight. Yeah, he's openly yes. straight. Yes. When did he realize he was straight? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. But they were saying I was uh, watching. <laughs> I fucking love this show. Um, I of course you know video checking out YouTube videos of interviews and stuff that they've done and uh, and he and. Um, Mitchell, I can't yeah. even remember his name. They're on together. And they said sometimes they're in airports, you know, because they're traveling together for the show and stuff. And people ask them, like, where's Lily? You know, oh, right. and they're like, Lily okay, she's not ours and we're not really a couple. And <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's, funny. that's a nice compliment. Yeah, people that is. believe that it's real. Yeah. That's or some good it could, they want yeah. to. it could be a terrifying indictment yeah. of. Uh, TV fans in general. I was going to say, it's a little, I, yeah, that I don't makes know. me worry about some column of those a, people. Column B, yeah. I yeah, know. I know. That's good and bad. So, um, so tell us a little bit about art therapy. For those that didn't listen to the previous episode, it's okay if you're, you know, give us the lowdown a little bit. And um, again, and then and we'll talk about how you use that in dealing with anxiety. All right. And social phobias and such. So, art therapy is used in the same way that talk therapy is uh, to express ourselves, to express our feelings, what's going on for us. And so I might ask somebody to draw how they're feeling um, or, well, I guess there's two kinds of, two schools of thought, of thought therapy. There's art as... Let's thought them. Yeah, let's think about that. Let's think about it. uh, There's art as therapeutic. So just sort of doing something creative puts you in that mind state where you're you know, you're changing your brain waves and you're relaxing and you're slowing down your breathing. And Getting into a flow experience. Yeah, and you're you lose really track focused. of time. And, yeah. yeah, those mm-hmm. are that wonderful experiences. Being very present yeah. and in the moment. Um, and there's something about just pushing pain around on a piece of paper that'll do that for you mm-hmm. or, or uh, holding some clay in your hand and really just playing with it. One so, time when I was sick, I had, I had uh, chicken pox when I was 25. It sucked. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> It sucked. Um, I got into watercolors, just those little Crayola, yeah. you know. <laughs> the Crayola ones are kind of cool. I, I use those. I, <laughs> I use love those them. too, yeah. And, and um, yeah, got myself some watercolor paper, and none of them were, like, particularly anything worth framing, but it was really It was therapeutic. Saying yeah. It. yeah, it was really cool. Writing helps me. Yeah. When yeah. I write, get lost in writing, it can be very therapeutic. Yeah, and, and everybody has their different things. It could be gardening could be cooking for mm-hmm. some people yep. but so the art can be used just as therapeutic Therapy and getting itself. lost yeah. in the process but then there's also art as insight and assessment where they do a drawing and maybe I give more of a specific directive like what does it feel like when you are anxious or what does it feel like when you have to get up on stage and give a performance mm-hmm. um, or uh, what does your anxiety monster look like? Mm. <laughs> and so for, um, in that case, what we're doing is we will have them do the drawing or the sculpture or the collage or whatever, 
and then we'll talk about it. And then as they start answering questions, they'll say, well, I didn't think about it while I was making it, but maybe this has more to do with my relationship with my dad or, you know, so things will come up. It'll connect into the subconscious and, uh, and, and then we have those aha moments, which is really pretty amazing. Is there, is there a, um, do you use drawing more than anything else when you're dealing with anxieties or do you get more physical, like with the sculpting and the, yeah, I I tend to use a lot of different things and, and to be, Brutally honest, it depends on my mood. Oh, all right, then. <laughs> you know, because if I, it takes all your mood for me yeah. right now. Okay. It takes a lot more energy for me to get out paints and clean up paints and all that. So yeah. some days I'm lazy. So you're lazy. Yeah. That's fair. Some days, what does like, lazy look like? Lazy looks like crayons. <laughs> Let's use crayons because uh, those are easy to clean up. Interesting. You know, but okay. um, we do, it, it really depends on what my goal is with that specific person. Okay. If they just have a huge amount of anxious energy and we just need to get it out, mm-hmm. uh, I might just have them rip up paper or uh, start uh, playing with clay or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't feel safe, then maybe I'll, um, I'll have them create a safe place and they can paint that and then they can tell me what it, what that environment is. And then we can use it as a guided visualization. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really useful. Can I share a story with you? Absolutely. Okay. Please. So this is crazy. I was on an airplane, right? Coming back. I think I was going from Boston to Los Angeles and it was like Christmas time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm with, I've done that. You've done that. It's yeah. a long flight. It is. <laughs> yeah. Especially long around Christmas. Yes. Because people are cranky. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Santa's in the way and the plane has to go around. <laughs> yes, because of Santa Claus. It's not because they were just visiting their families. Yeah. Like That's <laughs> no, not that. So I, I'm on the flight with my two daughters and my husband. And the woman sitting in the row ahead of me. She rings the call bell. This is before we even take off or anything. And she mm-hmm. rings the call bell and the airline attendant comes over and says, can I help you? And she said, I'm having a panic attack. She's like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm having a panic attack. And, and um, he's like, well, he wasn't You put very your cape helpful. on and yeah. you said, Basically, he walked away. The airline attendant wasn't helpful. My husband leaned over and whacks me in the shoulder and says, do something. I'm like, I'm off duty. Uh, What the heck? uh, uh, (laughs) So, all right, here's the deal. I always have a sketchbook and crayons or something in my bag, always. And so uh, I actually asked the guy sitting next to her, can I switch seats with you? All oh, right. That's so nice of you. And I sat down there and he was happy to switch of seats course, with me because sure. he didn't want to sit down. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. He was not with her. He had yeah. his hoodie on and his oh. headphones and he did not want anything to do with somebody having a panic attack. Right next to him. Yeah. yeah. So I sat down next to her and I said, listen, I deal with a lot of panic. And I didn't say if it was mine right. or other right, people's right. panic. I deal with panic. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> You know what I find helpful is if you draw. Do you want to draw? I have a sketchbook. And she's like, I don't really have anything better to do. And so I give her my sketchbook, and I think I had colored pencils or something. And I said, and she said, I don't know what to draw. And I said, well, why don't you draw something that makes you feel safe? Because obviously on the airplane, she wasn't feeling safe, Right. right? So she starts drawing, and um, I have a picture here of, I recreated her drawing, because obviously I didn't have it, but she drew like uh, this lovely stream and mountains, and, uh, and the background was black, and I remember saying to her, oh, is it nighttime in your picture? And she said, no, there's more mountains behind those mountains, Oh, which made me realize there's no sky in her drawing. Oh, right, and it was all earth. It was all ground because that's what she. Yeah, wanted, I'm looking at what right? you're drawing here, and yeah, and it's black up at the top. Yeah. It's interesting. Wow. And and, and the there, she she put these rocks on the ground, and they had shadows under the rock that made it look like it was really sitting heavy on the mm-hmm. ground. So everything was very grounded. Interesting, which is not what she was feeling in the airplane. Right. right. She actually drew for like 20 minutes. Wow. She didn't notice us take off. By the time she finished her drawing and we were chit-chatting and whatever, the cart was coming along with the drinks and all that. Wow. And she said to me, I'm never, I'm never flying without 
crayons again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's right? really really cool. Yeah, I actually wrote to the Crayola company and told them this story. Oh, and I said you should put crayons, put crayons in the on back the of every airplane. Get, get Sky Mall out of there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Crayons, and put yeah. a little yeah. sketchbook and some crayons I in there. Need a sketchbook? You already have a barf bag. You can draw Just on that. Draw that's right true. You can draw your napkin, cocktail napkins. Cocktail napkins. Cocktail napkins. Yeah, those are pretty little. No, that's a great. Well, you know, we're always buying, you know, crayons and sketchbooks and, you know, Mad Libs or whatever for the kids, kids. right? You know, on the planes. And we never really think about doing that for ourselves, you know, which is so different than, say, having your iPad or your computer or, you know, something with you, which I know a lot of people use that for distraction. I actually draw on my iPad. Oh, you you can yeah on, you have yeah. A so there's there's several different apps, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of times because I travel a lot, I give a lot of lectures and I'm all over the place and I'm on airplanes a lot, and, and it's boring. Yeah, yeah. it's really Planes. boring, it's boring and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. and so um, that as, would make you want to do some mixed martial arts when you right. get off the plane. That's right. <laughs> I just want to beat everybody up. <laughs> no, no. And, uh, but I do. I do a lot of my own drawing while I'm on the airplane as therapeutic, as distraction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, so it can be very calming and very soothing. Do Have your kids, had, if I may be so personal, have they had any anxieties or issues that you've been able to deal with through art for them? Yeah, actually, one of my... One of my books that I wrote, it's a children's book called uh, Goodbye to Pumpkin about my daughter's pet dying. And so mm. she, when she was upset and when she was angry and when at all the different stages she went through, she would sit down and draw a picture. Mm. And I think that was just second nature for her because we always had crayons and mm-hmm. markers on the table. And, and I was always like, oh, just go draw when you feel better. And um, she'll do that from time to time. Uh, my nice. my, uh, my older daughter also will sit down. She she's uh, just started college and she's do, going into art and advertising. And oh, so cool! She uses art and painting as uh, as self therapy. Yeah, too. yeah. And now my younger daughter, she's uh, she'll sit down at the piano too as therapy when she's having a bad day. Nice. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Mark's um, oldest daughter just she's been really prolific lately. She's been painting quite a bit oh, you know and it's great. been great and she'll you know she'll just paint until five in the morning yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. you feel good because you you're creating something and you're being active as opposed to like sitting in front of the tv or something for you're me i'd have to be something. i'd have to be really uninvested in the outcome though yeah. because it's not going to be good it's <laughs> it's not going to be anything that anybody else wants and to then, look at you know but so for some of my we, clients we do that and we, we'll make something and then we'll throw it away yeah, we'll make something or we'll burn it, and you know, it, so it doesn't have to be about the final product, right? And okay. so again, that's more about the art, the process itself the process. being therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. but well, art, even if you're a professional artist, so if you should never be about the outcome, it is always about the process because you never finish a, a work; you just abandon it. That's what <laughs> always told me in college. I know, it's <laughs> so <laughs> true. It's okay unless you're commissioned know, to make a certain piece. God, I was just well, having yeah. that There's exact. That I was having that exact conversation yesterday about my book. Really? Yeah. Somebody said that exact you're never same done. Because well, no, you're never done. There's many more. Yeah. There's many more to come. You yeah. know. I still I look at paintings that all I, did I know is years I felt ago. really insecure about it by the end of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you're commissioned, eventually you have to. You might have to get it in a certain place. There's but you a do point. have to abandon. Like you have to stop. Like you at have some a deadline. Point. You have yeah. like oh, I got I to hand this in. This is yeah. what I got. I know. I, I look at paintings I did years ago, and I think, oh, I should change that, or I should really? fix yeah. this, and I never go back and do it. Right. But because mm. it would change the dynamic of what what it was at that time. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. every piece of art is uh, is a product of that time in your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, my girlfriend has uh, recorded many CDs and uh, of her concerts and you know, different projects that she's worked on. Every one of them is just like this different snapshot of that point in time yeah. in her life. So it's sort of like going back and Photoshopping a, a yeah, picture you of yourself, <laughs> you know, yeah. from before. And it's like, why? Uh, you lose the history. <laughs> you, lose you lose the history. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's interesting. So, so, um, if, well, let's talk a little bit about kind of the difference between, if somebody's listening to this and they go, well, you know, do I, do I have, you know, a social phobia or an anxiety or, you know, how could I kind of help myself on my own with this, you know, and, or, you know, at what point, at what point does somebody really need professional help 
or medication, yeah, right? When it I becomes mean, we're looking a problem at, in their life, right? right? Which is defined yeah. as it's affecting your relationships, it's affecting your health, it's your work. affecting your work, sure. it's affecting your ability to function, mm-hmm. um, uh, <laughs> function at a... <laughs> A, a good enough level, yeah. you know. We're, we're all <laughs> we're, we're all, all functioning. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know how to define that well, for you, but I, I decided we're all normal neurotics. <laughs> we are, right? Yeah. Some people yeah. just hide it better than others. Yeah, you know. True. Everybody has their issues, and everybody experiences anxiety. Sure. You know, I, had, yeah. I, had a, I had a client who said right. to you me, don't have to be, you know, yeah. you don't have to have a diagnosable issue all <laughs> yeah. the time to even use these tools right. for anxiety. Right. Exactly. So I had a client who said, when am I going to be done with my, all my anxiety? And I said, well, when you're dead. <laughs> because right. it's just a part of life. As right? far as we know. As far as we know, because it might continue. It might continue. Well, we, we don't know. To, we have yeah. to ask God at the pearly gates. At the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want him to say? He's going to say, you're not done. You're not done. <laughs> it goes on and on. on and Just on. jump into another body. All right. But, all right. So social phobia that you mentioned mm-hmm. got a name change in our new diagnostic and statistical manual. Oh, it manual. did. Yes. The it's DSM-4. Now, now it's the DSM-5. DSM five. Yes. yes. Sorry. Uh, it's now called social anxiety disorder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> huh. 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 I'll just think about so, that for a second. Uh, social phobia would be, it's almost, social phobia is almost like the fear of fear. So oftentimes it's yes. that fear of, I can't go out into public because I might have a panic attack or I'm, yes, yeah. that is very much how it has been described to me. Yeah. Or, or I can't go out in public because I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a fool out of myself or people won't like me. And we all feel that way from time to time, sure. right? Everybody does. But the question is, how, how limiting does it make your life? You know, if I can't ever go to, a, you know, a class or a party or something, you know, it's affecting my life. Right. Then it's a problem, and then we should probably seek help. Right. And then, uh, you know, something that might be considered a phobia, such as, you know, spiders or flying or... Yeah. You know, other things. The spider phobia is completely it reasonable. I think so. With you. I think spiders <laughs> are horrifying. We need we need, uh, we need spiders. Yes, so. we do. But when they're in the house, you don't need them in the house. They need to get out of the house. They, this is my house. <laughs> they should not be in here. I have a list of some some uh, uncommon phobias. Okay. I love that. I love that they have names. Yeah. yeah, I, I know the, the, the big names, crazy right? names. I know. Yeah. Okay. Like so, uh, so the fear of the number thirteen. Yes. Is triskaidekaphobia. Yes, I've heard of yeah. that one. But my favorite is the fear of nudity. The fear of so nudity. I don't know if it's the like fear David Cross's character yes, on Arrested yes, Development. Yes, or was the it never, never nude. nude. <laughs> never nude. Yes. Never yes. Naked. Yes. Yes. So what I is that know. called? It is called gymnotopophobia. Gymnotopophobia? And is it because Gym, you, you, know, you don't want to go... Yeah, Jim doesn't have a top on. Right. <laughs> but I wonder if it's, you know, because you didn't want to get naked in gym class. I was just going to say, right? you don't want to shower with the other dudes in the gym, gym class. Exactly. Yeah, right. Which, oh, look, you know, yeah, it's honestly, G-Y-M, G-Y-N-N-O-P. Gym? Yeah, yeah. Gym, Isn't that funny? Gym, gymnophobia. Gymnophobia. Oh, I said it wrong. Gymnophobia, yeah. yes. Wow. How about, huh. the, you know, this is, this is pretty common, the fear of computers, which is cy- <laughs> cyberphobia, which makes sense, right? Um, I had a client who was terrified, terrified of the computer, and she kept saying to me that I have to learn how to read emails because I get emails, and this woman's 60. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so I gave her one of my old laptops, and it literally sat in my office for four weeks. And then one week, I just made her open the laptop. Uh-huh. And she started getting so nervous, she started having a panic attack. Wow. wow. And then, so over the course of six months, it was like, just open it. And she had to do that five times. And then, then okay, just push the button and turn it on. And yeah. So was was it that she was, it that really she was afraid out. she was going to make something happen, or think, that, or she was going to screw up, yeah. or something? Well, she it, it sounds know. like an extreme version of what yeah. my mother-in-law has. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people in their sixties yeah. and seventies currently sure. have this thing about because, like, she freaks out around technology. It's not that she'll watch TV and she'll look at a computer, but if she has to do something on it. 
that's when she She'll freaks out because it doesn't yeah. like it didn't do exactly what she thought it would do, and then that's when she's she ruined out. something. Or right, right, she's gone to right, another right. page. I don't understand. I don't understand that. this. I don't. And then gives Get up. Mad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so you know, every everybody so, has that to set a fire engine. It's a fire. Wow, wow. there's something, <laughs> something going wow. on. It's wow. like right here. Is there anything we need to know? I don't know. Have Probably. you seen? There's nobody in here right no. now. Smell <laughs> fire. It's okay. All right, we're good. <laughs> but um, and that's that's what the definition of a phobia is. Does it stop you from doing something? And it sounds like your your mother your mother in law in law, yeah. not your mother outlaw. Not my no. mother. <laughs> no. no. She's uh, in. Yeah. She's in. So yeah. uh, it sounds like she can still look at a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she but can. She doesn't she wa- necessarily, it's like, but she's not, like, she's not terrified to touch it. That's the phobia. She wants to figure it out. It's just as soon as, like, like a remote control with the TV and trying to turn on the Blu-ray player at the same time. <laughs> like, if it's not, like, laid out exactly, like, if there's one button that she can hit, like, on a universal remote, great. Then it goes on. <laughs> but if that button doesn't work which universal remote sometimes it doesn't work, doesn't work. then it's then it's pa- it's I panic to, time man I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of blu-ray blu-ray why <laughs> well first of all the name it's like it seems, seems like outer space yeah it's it's kind of like um like a sea creature that yeah. that might you know hurt well, me yeah. um and just a blue ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blue stingray. It's a blue stingray. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. that. But the bit. picture quality is. So I haven't. Much I have really. Yeah. It can't be that much better. Oh, it my, is. Look, if it my really eyes is. are shitty, how much <laughs> how can much it better? matter? If your eyes are shitty, uh, it'll be more clear. Even though your eyes are shitty for you, it'll still look better. I would imagine. <sighs> I just don't need it to look that good. That's what I think. I well, don't know. I see what you're saying. You know, I see what you're saying. I, I, have, a, you know, I have a fear of being suckered into products. How yeah. about that? There you go. Right I, there. Is that a phobia or a fear? No. <laughs> yeah. Or just logic. I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll let you know when I'm home looking at a blank screen because I refuse to buy Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing And else I get is, to watch nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, that None of us are using life. Blu-rays anymore anyway because we're just yeah, streaming. It's all Because now it's streaming, yeah. right? Yeah. See? Yeah. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Well, no, I didn't waste my money. I got you. I got you. I just... Tell us, what is this? Do I see that there's a fear of Flowers? A fear of flowers, right? Anthro, anthrophobia. Anthrophobia. Mm-hmm. Anthrophobia. That sounds like a fear of ants. <laughs> it does. It's not anthrophobia. anthrophobia. Yeah. Anthrophobia. Anthrophobia. So, fear of flying. Fear okay. Of flying. This, pretty, this, that's pretty normal. That's right? pretty normal, yeah. right? I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, that. It's you know. reasonable. Yeah. I went through a whole period where I just I couldn't get on planes without my palms getting really sweaty and yeah. I, I would freak out. I kind of got over stop it. You. It didn't no. stop you from flying. No, but I have a I have I have a fear of not facing my fear all the time. I you know <laughs> kind of a chronic low grade anxiety like, at all times. Yeah, that you might be limiting your life. Due yeah, to your if fears. I don't do what scares me. Am I like me? reading your soul right now? Yeah, you really. Are. <laughs> That's a really good point, though, because that's how you get over anxiety, is you do what you're afraid of. You are required to do what you're afraid of. So I have a client who, uh, she just started surfing. And she loves surfing. She's surfing like every day. I don't know Mm -hmm. who has the time to surf every day. I don't know. Right. I I suppose I would. But I don't like driving out to the beach from <laughs> no. I don't like long. sand. She lives in Ventura. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but I asked her why she started serving. She said she was terrified of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the reasons that I started scuba diving. Oh, yeah. but the shark yeah. thing is that's all because of Steven Spielberg, right? Oh, I think all everybody's terrified of sharks because no, no. of Jaws. Because ru- and too many parents let their kids watch Jaws when they're ten, and then it fucks them up for the rest, <laughs> for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So it's an acquired phobia. It is. Yes. It's, it's a Spielbergophobia. It's a Spielbergophobia. Okay. We're just going to call it that. So, then. do you know most people do have a fear of drawing, too? Well, right? Okay. We we're talking See, about that. So, so, so uh, I, I want to tell you about my um, this uh, social project that I'm doing. Okay. Right? Please. I call it Something Sketchy. Aww, All good right. Name. Something good Sketchy. Name. She's so smart. You guys can check that out on okay. my Instagram. That's on your Instagram. Okay. Um, something Sketchy. Okay. So, I walk around with my sketchbook and I walk up to total strangers. And I asked them to draw me a picture. Wow. And you know what everybody says? I can't draw. I can't draw. Right. Everybody says it. And I said, you don't have to be good. You just have to be willing. 
Right. And did they do it? This whole book, this whole <gasps> sketchbook is full really? of other people's drawings. And some of them are amazing and some of them are scribbles. Uh-huh. And oh, wow. I I go to people at Starbucks, at the car wash, at the airport, wherever I am. And And do you have a camera or do you just say I'm just gonna keep this book and I might, I might take a book. picture of it? I keep you the or book. Something. I tell them that I'm gonna put it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I ask them if they're on Instagram, they wanna be tagged. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and I try to do one every day. Wow. I've been doing it consistently since November. Wow. This is my fourth or fifth sketchbook I've gone through. Yeah. And um and, and then the conversations that I have with people is so amazing. And they tell me about their life and they tell me about the drawing they made and what it means to them. And these are people I would have just walked by. Wow. And everybody has a story, right? What a fantastic project. It's so much fun. And most people tell me that was the best part of my day. Aww. You know why? Because they're doing something outside of their normal routine. Mm-hmm. And when we're well, and also someone who's attractive showed an interest in them. <laughs> That's true. Are <laughs> oh, those the guys? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The guys are like, yeah, I'll draw whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to do? <laughs> they have a good story. Crazy lady walked up to me today and asked me to draw. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. They go. Don't leave yet. I have to draw some more. (laughs) (laughs) Can I draw something else? Can I buy you a cup of coffee? (laughs) Oh, that makes me think of an interesting client story. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, please. We're here for stories. (laughs) I had a client, this was years ago, um, a guy, we were about the same age, maybe in our 30s at the time, and uh, he came in with a painting he had done at home. Mm. And I was like, (laughs) and usually we do the artwork in the in the office and I said okay and he said yeah um, I mixed the paint with my semen I'm like okay and he's like and I was thinking about you while I did it okay Uh. would you like to talk about that (laughs) oh my gosh Mm, that was interesting I'm like well I'm not going to touch this painting you keep it you go ahead and right yeah Yeah. wow That is very strange. Becomes a therapeutic issue in the room, it and does, you just talk it about. Does. Well, people use weird stuff to make art. Well, I, I was, I say, was yeah. at the Getty one time, and a friend of mine worked there, and he brought me and showed me like art that they had to keep refrigerated because it was made of cheese. And then there was another piece of art that was made like the artist made with his own urine. Yeah, like, yeah. What was his? That was bizarre. a that was a big deal oh. in, in the nineties. Um, Oh, that well, was, that, was that was the Maplethorpe, the Maplethorpe Piss Christ yeah. thing. Yeah, this yeah. wasn't that. Okay. This was so, some other piece of art that was made with urine. But yeah, there was yeah. that yeah. that thing. But yeah. that was a big deal because he dropped a crucifix in right. it. And that seems sacrilegious to some right. people. I worked years ago, I worked as, a, before I became an art therapist, I did art restoration. Oh, where wow. I would like fix people's paintings that mm-hmm. had been in fires or had cigarette smoke damage to them. And, and uh, I was sort of apprentice to this mm-hmm. other guy who was... Um, the art rest, restorator mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> restorer. Uh, yeah, restorer. I don't know. So he <laughs> was look it up. one day. My um, uh, what would you call it? My my mentor. I'm the, my mentor. Your mentor. Okay. My mentor showed me a painting that he had done the night before, and he used his shit. <gasps> and I was like, "Well, I hope you put that behind glass because I don't want to be smelling it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, you could use a lot of no, very interesting no. mediums to mix That's your not, paint. No, mm. I don't like that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, he can do that and keep that, like you said, behind glass in his own place. But anyway. uh, Yeah, I wouldn't I, be able to. I, I'd rather not even know painting. about that. I right. wish I didn't have that in my head, and now I've shared it with everyone. I have a terrible uh-huh. phobia. I don't know what it's called, but I do have a terrible phobia of shitty paintings. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. It was a shitty painting. <laughs> We need to make up a name for that phobia. <laughs> okay, okay, I can't come up with it right now, but it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That'll work. Oh, wow. So wow. Interesting. A lot of interesting stories in 20 years of being an well, art therapist. But, yeah. here's, here, but here is a, a question because, I, because um, uh, I think some people might throw themselves into circumstances that they're not ready for. Like if, if, if I should force myself into a difficult anxiety-producing situation to get over my social anxiety, like, yes. do you just flood, you know, yourself all at once ah. to get over it? Sort of, and I suppose for some people that could work, but I think just as far as 
armchair advice to like, hey, if you're afraid of, you know, going to a party, you should just go to a really big party, you know, by yourself. <laughs> well, you wearing know, maybe orange, smaller steps. You know, like, right. <laughs> you know and, and this yeah. is where, you know, people, you're going to set yourself back, yeah, right? Because it, should this not work out, then you may find yourself in a very embarrassing, um, genuinely, um, uncomfortable situation that Absolutely. you know produces the panic attack and that's why I you know. might have my client draw a picture of them being at a party first mm-hmm. and so it's going to bring up those uh, anxious feelings but the interesting thing it would be is, very interesting where they placed themselves yeah in the crowd yeah are That'd they on the side right. are they surrounded by people right. how big are they mm-hmm. but so they're bringing up these anxious feelings but at the same time having that therapeutic experience of doing the drawing. Mm-hmm. You see, so so they're in this I sort of. I want to come to you for therapy. Know, <laughs> so so they're in this very almost trance-like state where they're doing a drawing, and that's it's calming and it's relaxing, and their breathing slowed down, but they're also focused on their anxiety, and so we are changing the emotional memory of mm-hmm. the experience of going to a party. Right, and because the more your, your subconscious them, doesn't know the difference. Yeah. Right. And the more I have them paint or create or, or collage, whatever their fear is, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to combine that with the experience of being in that therapeutic moment of being creative. Right. But when, let's say, the woman on the plane said she was going to have a panic attack, mm-hmm. you didn't tell her to draw... Her panic. Her plane or her panic or her... It's because she was already there. I see. Yeah. Okay, because she was in that moment. You you asked her to draw someplace. I was just doing crisis intervention safe. at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when yeah, because when somebody walks into your office, they're not generally in a crisis state. Not usually. Right. Yeah. So you're you're kind of helping them walk through a rehearsal mm-hmm. essentially of that experience. Exactly. Yeah. So we can have them, you know, create their panic. But I think I mentioned before, I'd, I'd oftentimes will have them create. Uh, their anxiety monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. And we can do that out of clay, and then we can personify. Mine looks like Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty common. Maybe Todd while he's dancing. <gasps> that's yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Todd dancing <laughs> monster. It's terror, yes. Oh, awesome. This has been really therapeutic. <laughs> Thank you. So Done. they create this monster, and, and then they're, they're externalizing mm-hmm. their panic. And they can talk about how the monster uh, maybe gets a lot of attention from having a panic attack or the monster mm. keeps them connected to people who are supportive of them. And um, I had one client make her monster and then she wanted to go out on a date with her boyfriend, but she was worried she was going to have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So we put her monster into a little cage. Mm. And, and so he wasn't allowed to come on the date with her. Right? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and so when I asked her how her date went, she said, I started to feel anxious, but then I thought of... My, she called him angsty, her monster. She said, oh, I thought so of cute. little angsty in his cage. I totally market that. Right. And she said it made me laugh and humor is a great coping skill, right? Right. Sure. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah I, um, I will ask people to um, invite fear to sit next to them. Yeah. You know, like, okay, so what? What exactly do you have to tell me today? What do you, you know, what are you worried about? Like come and, and have that conversation with fear. Some of it might be valid, yeah. you know, and some of it might be bullshit, yeah. which it often <laughs> exactly. is, right? And so then you say, okay, well, thanks for stopping by. You know, you can, you can thanks for go your away opinion. now. Thanks for your opinion. Yeah. Thanks for the knowledge. Thank you for, you know, because sometimes fear is there to protect us. Mm-hmm. You know, thank it you for trying be. to protect, protect me. You know, we have old coping skills from when we're younger and we needed to have uh, protective habits, you know? And, um, and when you can externalize those things and sort of have a conversation with them or like you're talking about externalizing them uh, as yourself, mm-hmm. um, um, you can, it's not so mysterious. It's not it, the dark, right, creepy right, right. character behind you. It's sort of, Right in front of you. You're making the unconscious conscious. Yes. And it's a lot less scary when yes. you put it out there consciously. Yeah. 
And are you are you feeling better, Todd? I feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like spiders or shitty paintings. Yeah, <laughs> I can well, remove a spider from my home. I can. can. Yeah, yeah, I can. See, Sometimes. my wife can do that. Yeah, she's so she's I, awesome. I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have yeah. a problem with spiders. I yeah. kill the hornet's nest. I That's do. what I do. I man up for the hornet's All nest. All right. See, I had much. Oh no, 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 no. Much more to deal with actually, the spider than the hornet's no, nest. No, I actually have a. I actually probably do have a fear of bees that is um, affects my life. It really <laughs> makes me look like an idiot a lot of <laughs> are the you, time. You run around like. Oh, I'm serious. Bees. No, it's bad. It's bad. It's embarrassing. And I and I really try to kind of like breathe through it and like talk to the bee and talk to the bee well you know thank you for your honey like like (laughs) you can go over there now and i swear you know because my because you know aaron actually some bees follow her i'm at fucking dodger stadium we're there early we're like two people in this whole place practically and this one little bee comes flying at us (laughs) to say hi to her friend aaron so sweet Seriously, I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me with this? Like, and it's it's like a joke with her now. I mean, they just they just like they find they I don't know. It's like they got to say hi or whatever, and she's kind of like, no, it's okay, you can go away now. So if he doesn't like you, be goes away. Like, okay, whatever. So she talks to the bees. I think she's a bee she's whisperer. She's a bee whisperer. She bee is. Whisperer. I think she is. <laughs> no, but I really, I really, and sometimes even before I know I'm going to go to like a picnic or something, I'm like, okay, like there's going to be bees, so you know, you and you I do. I have to because because I don't actually because I've I've had asthma. And so, I mean, it's not completely unfounded. I've had asthma, and I don't really know how I'd react to a bee, and I don't really carry an EpiPen with me. And mm-hmm. so, I'm kind of, you know, I don't really think anything tragic would happen, but I don't want to find out. Nope. It's not unreasonable to be scared of a creature that can sting and hurt you. Yeah. Even right. If you're not that you allergic, can have an allergic reaction hurt. to it. Well, yeah. sure. They sure. hurt anyway, though. Yeah. Like, so, it's what you're saying is I'm relatively normal. Yeah. Well, see, now I'm I'm going to go with Oprah on the gift of fear thing. Didn't she tout that book around, The Gift of yeah, Fear? That's a great so, book. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe it's okay to be afraid of yeah, bees. Because you don't yeah. want to poke the hornet's nest. Yeah. No. Yeah, you don't. And you, it's good, it, <laughs> it's, it's make good to have an exit strategy. So it's not bad that I think about how far I am from the, late, from the nearest emergency room. <laughs> I don't think so, actually. It's nice to, <laughs> how like, how can know I run away from that? It's, it's like being on an airplane. And, and knowing where the exits are. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. Just kind of know, like you just know letting your ride yeah. know that if you get stung by a bee, you might want to like go sit in the parking lot of the nearest hospital just in case. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. We're go- so so. Let's just wrapping it. Up. We're we're wrapping we're wrapping this up. But but, but one of it seems that one of your easiest go to exercises for somebody around their fear when they're not activated, would be to draw it, right? Yes. To sort of create that, right? Yeah. And if they are activated, to go toward, to to maybe draw something that feels safe and lovely and peaceful to them. This is a great exercise. It costs you nothing. Yeah. See? We're giving shit away around here. Everybody should be, go home and uh, And they should paint their safe place. Because we all need a safe place. Yes, we we do. We do. Yes. Speaking of which... It's it's quiz time. Quiz. No quiz time. No quiz. Woo. And Todd. Yeah. You're taking the quiz. Oh, oh. I'm taking the quiz. <laughs> because the he's quiz a was for the guest. <laughs> oh. I already took the quiz. This is. I thought she was going to give you another quiz because yeah. that was last time. It's last slightly quiz. different though. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. But this one's for you. I just thought you know you come we here. Know you about should Todd. get to. Play yeah. along, and we want to know about Todd. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. All breathe right, deep, sure. breathe into your belly. Okay. All right. First word that comes to mind when you hear podcast. Uh, Greg Proops. All right. Um, He's got a podcast. I was going to say, want to plug him? Like, <laughs> no, it's just that was the first word, and okay. it's because I was listening to his podcast on the way here. All right. So there, there it is. Excellent. That's the explanation. Okay. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Because, you know, when you say it, you always sound precocious. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then what is your least favorite word? Oh, that's easy. My least favorite word is the word packet. Packet? Packet. Because in high school, 
It's not panties. No. That's only no. for girls. I girls know. just yeah. hate that one. No, pa- I don't mind panties. I don't mind. Yeah, guys like yeah. <laughs> Uh But pack it. Because like in high school, whenever, you know, it was like a, a new part of the year began and you were <gasps> you studying a new it. thing, they'd go, uh, every teacher would get, uh, it's your packet. Here's your packet. <laughs> And I'd be like, the way he says it too, I'm starting to hate the word. Well, I heard you hear it so much. It's like, it just means work. It just means a lot of work. No, I didn't look through my packet because I hate the word packet. (laughs) Your packets suck. (laughs) You suck, teachers. You put a lot of thought into this. (laughs) I did not know I was going to be asked these questions. Okay. What quality in others turns you on sexually? Uh, you just had to pick a quality. Other than like, like, not like physically. You mean like? I suppose you could say physical hotness, but you know. I like physical hotness. But uh, no, a, a sense of humor mm. mm-hmm. and a uh, willingness to have sex with me. <laughs> that works. Those things work. <laughs> All right, then. Done. <laughs> what quality turns you off sexually? An unwillingness. Uh, yeah, that would be an unwillingness. An unwillingness. Yeah, that never goes that, over well. An unwillingness doesn't no. work for me. No. Uh, I'm sure it does for some people, mm-hmm. um, but not for me. Uh, uh, again, it's sort of like the opposite of the good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody's too serious if everything's serious mm, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm being challenged all the time because uh-huh. serious people like people without a sense of humor have a tendency to challenge you like yeah. in like intellectual debate and there's no breathing and laughing that, that mm. will, that'll just make That's me exhausting. nervous yeah, make exactly. me nervous yeah, and then I won't exhausting. I won't want to have uh, sex so okay. there it is alright gotta you gotta relax me get me <laughs> laughing let me know. Give me, me some know crayons. You, let me know you want to. Give me some crayons. I'll, I'll <laughs> Go draw, to your happy place. Draw out my happy place. Mm-hmm. What sound <laughs> or noise do you love? Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yes. yes it's uh, hard I, to I, top yeah, that I one. I can't top uh, from the last episode. The guttural laughter the guttural of your laughter children. Of my child. Oh. Yes, because yes. when my son laughs, it's, He's I mean, it's like, I, the day's a loss if I don't get a laugh out of that. Oh. Yeah. He's cute yeah. muffin. And what sound or noise do you hate? Um, you know, I hate the sound of my phone on vibrate when it's like I turn it on vibrate and then someone calls or texts and it on the like table. I hate that sound. I hate too. that because I meant it like I didn't want to hear it. That's why I put it on vibrate. But then I realized that part of me put it on vibrate so I would hear it in case if it was it's something. It's intrusive though. Yeah, it, it is. is. Obtrusive. It is. Yeah. I really think yeah. that, you know, uh, mine is either on mute or on. I don't have it on vibrate ever. Because, yeah. Because I just think that's like, it. I hate that. That makes logical sense but I yeah. put it on vibrate just in case somebody's calling to change my life for the better. I, I don't know. It's true. Call. I mean, you can't miss your calls. You got to get you your know, calls. When you're an actor, you got to get gotta, your calls. You got to get your calls. So, so that's probably yeah. why. So that's a noise that you'll just have to I have to you deal have to with. accept. Yeah. What is your favorite substitute curse word? Substitute curse yeah, word? Yeah, you know, like dang or cheese and rice or... Oh, uh... When you're on TV? Yeah, I guess so. Or, TV. you know, or in front of your kid. Yeah, although TV's loosening up with yeah, that quite is. a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm doing a show where there's... I got to say shit. Yeah? Congratulations. On, uh, on a show. Oh. It's great. I We've decided that shit. crap is not a cuss word in my house. Oh, yeah. yeah. My you son, know there I, were no cuss words in my house. None? No, well, my husband's a writer, and we decided there's no good words or bad words. They just have to know where to use them and where not to nice. use them. That's exactly what I'm doing I with like my that. son. I let yeah. him know that yeah. these are words that are offensive to other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And understanding the power of words. Yeah. You know, and so we never stopped them from cursing. Yeah. And in fact, they didn't curse that much. Yeah. Because it wasn't so taboo. My my yeah. little one is obs- she's a little bit obsessed with it. Like but maybe she's kind of excited it is about taboo. it. Well, yeah, I mean, but she, like early on, you know, and you're like, okay, you can say, you know, you can say crap or you could do this or whatever, you know. Um and so but now it's it's a little loosey-goosey and and I'll and I will kind of just say like 
that didn't go over very well in that sentence. Like maybe <laughs> you know, like whatever. So, so they don't get in trouble. Uh, I I'll, I'll, I gotta go with the SpongeBob classic tartar sauce. <gasps> tartar sauce. Yeah, oh, I got in that habit. Oh, when I knew my I loved you. Was like SpongeBob, and mm-hmm. I like SpongeBob, and I started saying tartar, tartar sauce. sauce. Tartar yeah. sauce. Not shut the door. Yeah, shut the front door. I like shut the front door. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Um, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? No Uh, commitment here. uh, Another profession I'd like to attempt. Uh, Well, people always ask me that because I uh, often say I'm going to quit acting like like every week. (laughs) I quit this. This is stupid. What are you going to do? I've been wasting. Yeah, what are you going to do? I would. I always say, and I don't know precisely what this is, but I'd like to go into something to do with renewal, renewable energy. Oh, yeah. So then, like, the idea of, of making a living doing something that's good for the environment mm-hmm. seems nice Yeah, to me. super cool. Uh, I wanted to go into interior design, specializing in, like, countertops made from, you know, recycled glass. Right. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. really obsessed with all of that stuff for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I like wind turbines. I'd work with those. Oh, I just yeah. met somebody who does that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I also have a friend who's a environmental architect. See, that's cool. Oh. Yes, it's that's really, really cool. cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Okay, I'm answering my own damn questions. Okay, <laughs> favorite song to sing in the shower. Favorite song to sing in the shower is uh, uh, probably um, a song called Eden's Apple. By um, Matt King, who's an alternative country musician. All right. It's really obscure. That's obscure. So it's we're going to go on to the next obscure, question. But I sing it a lot okay. in the shower. All right. All right. Good for you. Look at, now look All it up. Right. It's a good song. I'm going to look it up and then I'll get the whole You'll visual. You'll get it. All right. You'll get it. Okay. I'll get it. And then your favorite song to sing for karaoke after two drinks. After two drinks, favorite song to sing. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's kind of a tie between uh, the Pointer Sisters' Neutron Dance. <laughs> And we're so going out. Uh, <laughs> and right you're, you're doing so right now. <laughs> it's only let traffic go by. Yeah. Fuck it, I got nothing else to do. It's either that or uh, the Eurythmics Sweet Dreams. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet yeah. Dreams are made of the, cheese. The, yeah. The, the, yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is, I, keep, I know the answer to this. Who is the sexiest person you know in real life? Uh, the sexiest person I know in real life is, her name is Hillary Yeah, I know. Anderson. Yeah. I know. She's hot. Okay. Yep. But that's his wife, in case I you're wondering. I like her. Yeah, she's a hottie. She is okay. hot. Because she's willing to have sex with him. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is an attractive <laughs> yeah. quality. There you a go. lot of the time. That. A yeah. lot of the time. A lot of the time. Yeah, which, of the time. which you know, for her. we love about that, yeah. that relationship. <laughs> okay, um, if hell exists... Oh, God. <laughs> and you get to send one last post-it note to the world. Post-it note. Okay, it's not very big. You can't so write a lot. So I'm going to hell? You're going to hell. Uh, okay. <laughs> what would you like it to say? Um, uh, a post-it <laughs> note to the world as I'm as going to hell? Yeah, you're at, the, the, you're at the gates of hell. You're going to go in. It's like, dude, you get to send one message. Yeah. <laughs> I think my post-it would just be a Billy Joel quote. I'd, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. <laughs> All right. Peace. Woo! Can I answer that question? Yeah. I, yeah. I would say see you soon. Ah. <laughs> there, that's fair. Very nice. That's fair. Very nice. I would say it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you again, Pamela, for being here. Don't forget to find her hazearttherapy.com, three minute art therapy on YouTube. That's a three as in a number not the word um, and check out Science of Happiness they talk to her on there um, something sketchy on Instagram something sketchy on Instagram it's such yeah. a cool thing yeah. I love that and thank you Todd for sharing your soul of course and Thanks for letting me <laughs> share my soul yes and uh, my you- hellbound soul <laughs> come on <laughs> You at the pearly gates, please. Okay. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook as Sophie Venable. You can follow my tweets at MILF Talk. And if you need a little mood lift, you can find my book, MILF 101, on Amazon.com in paperback. And it's super cheap on Kindle. So thank you for listening today. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.